Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Indianapolis Colts are ready to take on the Las Vegas Raiders in a New Year's Eve showdown. Can the Colts rebound and get back in the win column? Or will the Raiders dash Indy's playoff hopes? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle Podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and as always, I'm joined here by my fellow writer, analyst, and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle Podcast, Drake Wally, for the second night in a row, back on our normal schedule here. And Drake, uh, must win for the Indianapolis Colts is an understatement. You know, if the Colts don't win this, their playoff odds drastically go down and uh, probably likely they don't make it into the postseason if they drop this one to the Raiders however if they do win the Colts are probably playing for at least a wild card spot next weekend against the Houston Texans if not the AFC South crown so how you doing buddy I'm doing really well and I'm I'm pretty excited for this game I I uh you know be I I get to actually go to it uh you know and um, it's going to be one hell of an atmosphere, man, because both of these teams, it's interesting what they're coming off of. The Colts are coming off of arguably their worst performance of the season. Perhaps maybe it's rivaling the Bengals game. But then you got the Raiders over here whose defense just made Patrick Mahomes look absolutely silly. And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that at Arrowhead Stadium where they did that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like so this is a team that is playing on fire defensively. And not only that, their ground attack was absolutely brutalizing in that game, too, and carried them to the victory. So you've got two teams on opposite sides coming off of opposite games here and they've got everything to play for. So it's going to be just one hell of an atmosphere. I cannot wait for this game. 
Yeah, it is going to be a really a really good atmosphere inside of Lucas Oil Stadium this weekend. And and you 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 nail it right there on the head. This this Raiders defense really has been the engine for this thing, you know. Offense still trying to work through some things, but credit to Antonio Pierce for the job he has done taking over after the debacle of of Josh McDaniels and and really trying to keep this team competitive. So, definitely a Raiders team that hasn't quit on their coach or hasn't quit on their season. They still hold a, a very outside shot of making the playoffs, so that they're, they're still trying to win these games as well, put good things on tape. So it, it's going to be a dogfight inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. And if the Colts play like they did against Atlanta and fail to execute at such a high rate, they're going to find themselves with another L very, very quickly. So for those of you that are tuning in as people get into the chat here, please remember to go follow us on all of our socials. Go ahead and like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I are going live, usually every Monday and Thursday night. And, and we're also at 1,900 subscribers, only 100 subscribers away from 2,000. We're trying to get there by the end of the Texans game next week so make sure you subscribe uh, as well as we have great friend of the show Brandon Moses stopping in with our first comment of the night what's up to a fellow father uh, as well he's taking care of his twins with his fantastic wife Paige great to see you in the chat buddy but like Brandon sometimes life gets in the way he's dealing with twins and he can't catch us live on YouTube no worries Apple Spotify Google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review so we, you can reach other Colts fans just like you. And Brandon, no excuses. You never have to miss an episode of your two best friends talking Colts football. So, Drake, let's dive right into it here tonight. Raiders versus Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium. Colts three-and-a-half-point favorites, according to DraftKings. Uh, definitely uh, given the, the, the Vegas has given uh, the Colts some points here. Being at home, they obviously feel that the Colts are, are a better team than the Las Vegas Raiders, but that doesn't mean anything. The games aren't played on paper. They're played on the field. And, and as we've seen last week, we thought that the Colts were probably going to win against the Atlanta Falcons, and they got blown out of the water. The Colts have to go out there and execute, play their game, and, and play it well. Otherwise, this Raiders team will beat them in their own house. Yeah, and look, I, this the, the, I, I think that it makes sense why that that um that spread is the way that it is is like look man the raiders they they've really not been able to find themselves uh, an offensive identity you know mm -hmm. pretty much all season whether it's jimmy garoppolo playing or whether it's aiden o'connell playing or whoever they're throwing or running running with they just don't have an identity i i think that um they definitely played well enough to win but like you said man if, if the colts go out there and they start flat if they let Minshew get his his honestly his ass kicked like he did against the Falcons. I mean, this is a team that will bury you, and they will mm -hmm. just keep running the ball at you. And and I mean, so I think it's uh yeah, Zamir White. I mean, he had an absolutely fantastic game last week against the Chiefs. 145 yards on the ground on 22 carries, and he had like a long of 43. So this is a team that is going to do everything they can to win. But there is a clear path to victory. There's a couple clear paths to victory for the Colts. Uh, we're gonna dive into it. But like you said, man, you cannot sleep on this team, and even though the spread is in the Colts favor they're still going to go there to play and they're playing very motivated behind Antonio Pierce he deserves all the credit in the world for what he's done after an absolute horrible tenure with Josh McDaniel 
Yeah, I, I agree fully there. And, and we've already kind of mentioned it, but where this Raiders team starts is on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you, you look at it and, and just looking at the, at the numbers for, for total defense, uh, uh, they're, they're right up there around, around 15th or so in the league. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it is. So they're about middle of the pack, but it's that pass rush Drake that really has come on. We always talk about Max Crosby, one of the elite pass rushers in in the NFL oh, yeah. and and a guy that consistently gets after the quarterback 13 and a half sacks this year but they've also got another guy that's coming on in third year pass rusher Malcolm Koontz uh, who has seven sacks of his own both those guys have a combined four forced fumbles uh, uh this season as well so the biggest thing that that the Colts really on the offensive side of the ball the biggest uh uh mistake or the biggest hiccup that they had was the offensive line got absolutely dominated by the Atlanta Falcons. You know, they couldn't get the run game going, couldn't protect it and, and, and allowed a lot of pressure on Gardner Minshew. So when you take all that into account, I think it starts right up front with containing Max Crosby and containing Malcolm Koontz. Otherwise, if you let those guys take over the game and the rest of the, uh, uh, the Raiders defensive line, I think you're going to be in for a really rough game. Yeah, and in that last game, Max Crosby didn't even get a sack, okay? And yet they put the pain on Patrick Mahomes. That's because Malcolm Koontz out there had three on his own, okay? They had four sacks, I think, for the game. Um, they even have uh, Adam Butler, who's a defensive tackle. He's a pretty good pass rusher in his own right, and he's a good run stuffer too. Look, man, if, if you go out there – you know, even with Braden Smith if, if, on, on track to return. If if you go out there and you do not help Gardner Minshew, who, by the way, got hit 11 times, sacked six times, this is a more talented pass rush than what you just faced, okay? And they have a top-level pass rusher, and we saw what happened when the Colts faced the last time a top-level pass rusher in T.J. Watt. He destroyed Gardner Minshew on his own. They won the game, but, boy, he was having himself a day, and like you said, he was on his way to like having just four or five sacks, so you can't do it. you got to help Gardner Minshew. You can't have Alec Pierce chipping the freaking defensive ends. You just can't do that against Max Crosby. He's going to destroy you, so I think that the number one goal in this game has got to be keep your quarterback, Gardner Minshew, who's not mobile, upright or else you have no chance of winning we want to give a special shout out to Truett here for his for the first super chat of the evening. Thank you so much, Truett, for all of your support each and every week. He says, "Fight night tonight." Uh, hopefully, uh, if I, I don't know if you're talking about you're watching some fights, or you talk about there's going to be fights in the chat or fights just this weekend here watching the uh, uh, between the Colts and the and the Raiders. Great to see you, buddy, and thanks for joining Thank us. You. And our and our good friend Noah Compton is here as well. Hope you had a very merry Christmas. Uh, no, it's been too long haven't seen noah since training camp hope to be able to see and link up with you soon uh noah compton one of the best dudes out there oh, definitely yeah. want to give you a shout out and thanks for joining us brother uh but drake i think the key to this game is braden smith you know, Braden Smith has been a full participant in practice. It looks like he is coming back and is going to take his spot on the right side of the Colts offensive line. Max Crosby is going to primarily go up against Braden Smith. And 
if Braden Smith plays how we know Braden Smith can play, I don't, I, I'm not going to say he's, he's going to fully contain Max Crosby, but it certainly makes it much bigger, much more challenging for Crosby to get to Minshew than if Blake Freeland was out there. So very well could be that if, that if Braden Smith starts and plays this whole game, it could be the difference between the Colts getting a win and the Colts getting a loss. So I think it's really that important for, for Braden Smith and this entire offensive line to get things going because this pass rush can really take over a game and we've seen how how difficult the pass rush can be uh, or how difficult it can be for Gardner Minshew to get going when when there is a a sustainable pass rush against these Indianapolis Colts this season yeah and you know we talked about it in the last game Minshew hasn't has had an issue at times with feeling ghost pressure Okay. Well, when you have him getting hit constantly, it gets, it exacerbates the issue. It makes it even worse. It throws fuel on that fire and makes him just really, really skittish back there. And the last thing you want is a skittish pocket passing quarterback. Okay. Um, so I, I think that, holy cow, I cannot emphasize enough the difference between Blake Freeland versus Max Crosby and Braden Smith versus Max Crosby. Hell, even if Smith wasn't healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if they would have taken Jared Valdir and put him in there because they realize, like, look, man, we can't move this offense if, if he's down on the ground. All right. So I, I think that, that that's going to be the matchup to watch, man. I know that there's a lot of matchups we could talk about, but it's really going to come down to Crosby versus Smith because I, I'm right there with you. If Smith gets the better of Crosby, you might see a Colts victory. If Crosby gets the better of Smith and they cannot contain uh, Max Crosby, man, he could really have a field day and Gardner Minshew might be feeling a little bit more of that ghost pressure we've been talking about might turn the ball over and you just, you really can't, you can't win in the NFL if, if you keep turning the ball over and you don't sustain drives. Brandon makes a good point here in the chat points per game with Smith in is much higher than when he is out. And then that's, that's a great point because of what the solid, uh, the solidarity that Braden Smith provides there over on the right side. And, and I really just can't get behind it. I don't understand why there's this segment. And it's probably, it's probably a very vocal minority of, of Colts fans that think that the Colts should move on from Braden Smith after this, after this season, you know, it, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me because because you see the difference Braden Smith makes when he is out there. I mean, he's still pro football focused, eighth best offensive tackle. Him and Bernard Ryman, seventh and eighth in the NFL in, in terms of their overall offensive grades. And Braden Smith is one of the best run blocking tackles in the NFL. In terms of right tackles, I think he's either second or third behind Panay Sewell, and then he's right there with Lane Johnson. So Braden Smith is an elite right tackle in the NFL. To, to even suggest that you can just move on from him and, and plug someone else that in, that's just preposterous to think that that's a good solution, especially when you've seen Blake Freeland and how he's played over, over the last uh, uh, month or so. He just has struggled mightily at that right tackle position. So having Brayden Smith in there will be huge for, for the Colts, and, and he's certainly on track to return this weekend against the Raiders. And, and that's certainly music to Gardner Minshew's ears too, Drake. We've mentioned it. When he gets pressured a lot, he's been sensing pressure before it gets there. Really, really causes this Colts offense to, to start to go to a standstill. So I want to ask you, which Gardner Minshew are we going to see against the Las Vegas Raiders? The good Gardner Minshew or the bad Gardner Minshew? You know, that's a that's a really good question. I, I think that so the Raiders are not good against the ground. Uh, I think that they're like, um, oh, just I was just writing up my five keys on this. Uh, I think they're like 
probably bottom 10. I think they're like 22nd or 23rd, but man, they're like... The Raiders are 22nd against the run. Okay, well, there you go. It doesn't matter if you're 32nd against the run. If you cannot throw the ball in today's NFL, I know that the Raiders just did that last week against the Chiefs. That is a unicorn. It is not sustainable to do that, okay? You cannot just run, 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 run all day and win in most cases. So I, I really do think that it's going to come down to one if Michael Pittman plays. Uh, but I also think it's just going to come down to if they can just it's it's concrete and very black and white, but if they can just keep the pass rush off of him, if he's out there getting hit, I don't think you're going to see a good game from Minshew. This is a defense that clearly takes advantage of their opportunities. Okay. So I think that if you can contain Max Crosby, even if Minshew gets sacked two times, we've seen him go out there and play pretty well, getting sacked only twice, six times. That's not acceptable. If he goes out there and you get a pretty clean pocket around him, get the ball out quickly with some RPOs, help your ground game get started because the Raiders are going to go out there and they're going to take that away from you. They're going to force Minshew to win this game. you got to protect him. I think that you could have a pretty decent game because the Raiders, yes, they're, they've been playing really hot lately defensively, but overall there's ways to beat this team and there's ways to beat them through the air as well. I think it's more balanced, but it's all going to depend on the blocking, man. The, the Las Vegas Raiders overall in the season are the uh, rank 11th against the pass in the NFL, and they have 21 takeaways with 12 of those takeaways being interceptions. Man. So they can certainly take the football away from you, uh, and, and, and they've done a good job of limiting uh, against the pass. But but yeah, I, I think it's, it's all just going to come up to the protection up front, being able to sustain and, and, and really make sure that Minshew has time to throw. Obviously, getting michael pittman jr back this week would be huge uh, he's currently uh making his way through the final steps of the concussion protocol once again he was in a non he was in a, a, a regular blue jersey or a white jersey today so he was um he was able to have contact, which means he's in, in the final stages of that concussion protocol. And you hope those symptoms don't return like they did late last week that made him, uh, because he had already passed the concussion protocol, it made him a, 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 an inactive because of coming that those symptoms coming back. So Michael Pittman Jr. returning could also be very, very huge for Gardner Minshew because we've seen it's obvious Pittman is Minshew's go-to guy. And and without Pittman last week against the Falcons, Minshew didn't have a go-to guy. I mean, it was the tight ends of, of Kylan Granson and Will Mallory that had to carry the low. Sure, Josh Downs had six catches, but it was for a measly 39 yards. Alec Pierce uh, only had three catches last week. So uh, I don't think the 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 Atlanta Falcons pass defense. Um, I think it is much better than than the than the Las Vegas Raiders pass defense. But still, you can't take these guys lightly. And certainly having Michael Pittman Jr. out there will increase the chances that you're going to see a better performance out of Gardner Minshew. Yeah, and hey, I, I again, I have to give credit to the tight ends, and I have to give credit to Josh Downs because you just Minshew just had nothing to throw to. So um, I think at the end of the day, if, if Pittman does play, that's a huge boost because it shifts the defense's way of thinking. Um, because like Alec Pierce, like we said, he's just not a number one receiver, or if he's going to be, he's not right now. So um, right there with you, man. That's another big thing. If Michael Pittman plays, you might be talking about a completely different game as as opposed to if he doesn't. And one way to, to also contain that pass rush and slow that down a little bit, establishing the run. The right. Indianapolis Colts 
must get Jonathan Taylor going against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are 22nd in the league against the against the run. Jonathan Taylor should have some opportunities to really bust things open here, you know. He's getting paid that that huge running back money. Well, it's now time for Jonathan Taylor to go prove that, that he earned that, that money this season. You know, these are two must-win games for the Indianapolis Colts coming up. Jonathan Taylor, two years ago, put this team on his back and almost carried them to the playoffs. You want to make sure you no one questions that you should be earning that $14 million now? Put the team on your back again and actually lead this team to the playoffs this time instead of allowing the team to have a playoff a, a collapse right before the playoffs. Yeah, and I, in that last game, he had 2.4 yards per carry, um, and he really, really was just absolutely stopped right, right in the trenches. And I, I'm right there with you. I think that a couple years ago, he did great against the, the Raiders. Then last year, uh, in Jeff Saturday's lone win, he had a massive run. I think he had the longest run of his 2022 season against the Raiders. So this is a team that he can beat. This is a team that Taylor can have a bounce back game against. But I still say this, and I really mean this. It does not matter who the hell you've got in the backfield. It doesn't matter who you've got blocking. If you can't get the passing game going in any way, it's going to put a lot more pressure on Taylor. So I agree. I think that while they do need to get Taylor going, they also have got to try to figure out a way to get that pass game going somehow just to keep those linebackers out of the box, soften that coverage, soften that pass rush. You don't just have to soften the pass rush by running. You can also soften it by hitting them with some quick passes and screens and RPOs. So there's a lot like it. Again, this is a hot defense, but there's many ways you can attack them. Okay, because they do have holes in their scheme and, and they're not the most talented group. So I, I I do think, though, at the end of the day, man, even if Pittman plays, you might be looking at Jonathan Taylor being the number one X factor, you know, on, on the offense as far as a playmaker or a, a skill position. Uh, is concerned because they're 22nd in the uh, against the run. That's just not good. So clearly you can hurt this team on the ground and look for Jonathan Taylor to just get an absolute boatload of carries. I think he's going to get at least 20. The Raiders are allowing 122 yards on Oof. the ground per game. So there's going to be opportunities for Jonathan Taylor to 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 make some hay, you know. And and again, it starts with the guys up front. I, we're, we're kind of creating this central theme that the offensive line is going to have right. to drive this thing. And and certainly, if there's nothing there and guys are hitting Jonathan Taylor before he can even get to the line of scrimmage, there's not really much he can do there. But what I am saying is, when the holes are there and, and when the offensive line is is starting to churn Jonathan Taylor needs to make sure that he either hits that hole or makes a guy miss so he can continue to move this offense along now certainly it would help if if Zach Moss is back so it's not put solely on Jonathan Taylor's shoulders Zach Moss has been limited the past two days still trying to work his way back from that forearm injury but Jonathan Taylor is the main man I mean, he's coming back. This is what he's asked for. So it's going to be up to him and this offensive line to really drive this offense forward in this game against the Las Vegas Raiders team that is very susceptible against the run. And, and I think it's going to be crucial for Taylor to be at his best. Certainly, he got his legs back underneath him against the Atlanta Falcons, got hit a couple times uh, after missing three weeks. This could be the game. He's going to be at home. Jonathan Taylor seems to have huge performance 
performances uh, at home and against the Raiders. If you look back the last three games, I think Jonathan Taylor's worst game against the Raiders, he still had over 140 yards rushing. So Jonathan Taylor against the Raiders, it's been a pretty good combination for success. Yeah, and hey, again, he's your best player. I mean, Michael Pittman Jr., I understand he's a fantastic receiver, but man, at the end of the day, Jonathan Taylor is the identity, I think, of this team, at least with Gardner Minshew right now. They've got to run the ball. They've got to get back to that RTDB, that run the damn ball mentality, and they have to show Lucas Oil Stadium's crowd, which is mostly going to be Colts fans, okay? They've got to show them why the Raiders are the 22nd, uh, the 22nd ranked run defense. You got to hit them in the mouth. There's multiple ways to open up this ground game. But man, get your best player in space, give him opportunities, and get him a lot of carries. Because as we've talked about, Jonathan Taylor thrives with what's the word? Volume. Exactly. And as Wyatt Law says here, Raiders will hit us in the mouth if we don't hit them in the mouth first. O-line has to earn those paychecks. It all starts with those big guys up front for the Colts on the offensive side of the ball. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's move on to the defensive side of the ball here, Drake. Uh, and, and it's a rookie quarterback that the guys that the Colts are going up against uh, this week in Aiden O'Connell. You know, uh, when I way back before the season started, uh, I wrote a piece on what the which rookie quarterbacks the Colts could possibly be facing this season or the rookie quarterback matchups that Anthony Richardson could be going up against. And we knew it was going to be uh, uh, Anthony Richardson versus CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson versus Will Levis, potentially Uh, Bryce Young was on the schedule. There was, there was one guy that I put on there that I thought maybe at this point, Jimmy Garoppolo is injured or struggles. Aiden O'Connell could be the starter in Las Vegas. And a lot of things have, have happened since then. We're not getting rich. Richardson versus O'Connell, but O'Connell is the starting quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders, and and he's he's for a a, a late round draft pick. I think he certainly exceeded expectations as a rookie, but he still had his ups and downs, and and you can certainly uh, affect him and 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 make him get get off his spot a little bit, and that starts again up front in the trenches, pressuring 
the former Purdue quarterback. What do you think this defensive line is going to do on Sunday? Uh, and, and do you think they're going to be able to to pressure Aiden O'Connell and, and, and really, really give this rookie quarterback some fits? Look, uh, I, I do think that there's a really good chance that they can because uh, the Raiders haven't allowed, you know, an absolutely outrageous amount of sacks, but Aiden O'Connell has been sacked 20 times in the nine games he's played. That's, that's about two, you're on par to get him about twice a game. And he actually got sacked twice against the chiefs too. So this Colts team is coming off of a game where you have one sack. All right. Against a guy who isn't too mobile. I mean, I know Heineke can run, but O'Connell is less mobile than Taylor Heineke. Okay, so I think that there's a golden opportunity here if you hit O'Connell a couple times and if somehow you can, you know, limit this ground game of the Raiders and you put more responsibility on this guy's shoulders, it could be a really rough game because I'm actually looking. I know that a lot of people have been talking about how the Raiders beat the Chiefs, but let's talk about Aiden O'Connell's performance. He had the lowest amount of completions nine of the season that he's had. He had the lowest completion percentage. He was nine for 21 for 42.9 completion percentage. He only had 62 yards passing. All right. And he still managed to get sacked twice. So this was a, if they couldn't run the ball in that game, they don't win. All right. That's, that's the way that it is at the end of the game. So there's a clear path to victory here. It's stopped the ground game. All right. Because O'Connell is like you said, he's exceeded expectations, but he's still not that great of a quarterback, and he is very, very, I dare say it, very, very beatable. Okay, you can get after this guy. So I think that if the Colts can get sacks on O'Connell and they can get pressure on O'Connell, and you can kind of start to force him to force this offense to move more towards throwing the football to guys like Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams, whatever, it's going to really help your chances of winning. Because if you let them run the ball the way they did against the Chiefs, they've shown they can win when he has a putrid, putrid game. So it's right there in front of him. Like I said, the, the path to getting a win against Aiden O'Connell is right there in front of him. You got to sack him. You got to get pressure on him. And I, I think this is this is where Gus Bradley really needs to take advantage of of a rookie quarterback yes. because when you look at the stats, the the passing offense for the Raiders really isn't much better. It's it's a little it's a, just a little bit worse than the passing offense of the Atlanta Falcons. That didn't mean squat last That's week true. when the Colts played the Falcons because what was Gus Bradley doing? He was mostly sitting back in zone. He was giving the the wide receivers uh, a, a lot of uh, the corner. Cornerbacks had quite a bit of depth getting free releases off the line of scrimmage. I think that is the complete opposite of what the Colts need to do this weekend. I think the Colts need to switch things up, not make things so complicated for this defense that they're constantly talking about, uh, trying to figure out checks and, and figure out what they're supposed to be doing keep it simple for this young defense, maybe add some, some simulated pressure, maybe blitz a little bit more on the rookie quarterback and get up on those receivers. So that way Aiden O'Connell has to make quick decisions and then try to throw the football in those tight windows, rather than rather just when he's in under pressure, throwing into a zone for, for the receiver to go and get the football. You know, I understand Devonte Adams is on the other side and we'll talk about Adams in a, in, in a little bit. So Joe is Jacoby moderate Jacoby Myers, Michael Mayer, the, the rookie tight end out of Notre Dame who, who looks like an absolute stud, Hunter Renfro, who everyone has forgotten about, about as well. They've got some guys on the outside. But at the end of the day, 
you you can't just let these guys get free releases and and allow them to find their spots in the zone especially hunter renfro he does a phenomenal job at, at doing that because if you do that aiden o'connell is going to take three steps he's going to get the ball out quickly before Samson Ebukam, Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner, before your top pass rushers, Dio Dangbo, want to include him in there as well, before they even have a chance to get to Aiden O'Connell. You have to bring pressure, and those pass rushers for the Colts really have to get to O'Connell quickly. Otherwise, if not, and Gus Bradley sits back in those zones, Aiden O'Connell's just going to dink and dunk it down the field exactly like Taylor Heineke did a week ago, and the Colts' defense isn't going to be able to do anything once again. I love that because I look if what happens is if you play conservative, you know, coverage like Gus Bradley decided to do against the Falcons, you are banking 100%, which I love his confidence in the pass rush, but you're banking 100% that your pass rush has to get there because it's a professional quarterback out there. Okay. He's going to know if he's got enough time, anybody can, anybody can dice up a zone. Then, then you talk about tears, you know, Taylor Heineke, He's, you know, I, I I think he did pretty well, but then you've got some real studs out there that can absolutely destroy his own defense. I'm not saying Aiden O'Connell's a stud, but I am saying that look, like you said, if they if they don't play a more aggressive coverage and they bank on that pass rush and that pass rush does not get to O'Connell, he's going to figure it out. You know, he's got coaches on the sideline too that are smart guys. They're going to help him with that. And guys like Devontae Adams, guys like Hunter Renfro. Jacoby Myers, those three right there will find those spots in the zone, especially the last two that we said, Myers and, and Renfro. Those are the ones to look out for in the zone. So I love that. I think that you've got the bodies, guys like Jalen Jones and Juju Brents. Those are big physical guys. Mm -hmm. Get them right in front of those wide receivers and make them have to run those routes through mud to get open. Exactly. So I, and, and I think it's, 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 it's definitely, you want to, you want to put the pressure on Aiden O'Connell because this, 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 uh, Las Vegas Raiders team. Now this is one of the big question marks going into this game. If healthy, Josh Jacobs, one of the best running backs in the NFL led mm -hmm. the entire NFL in rushing last year, however, hasn't practiced all week and it, it, it's there, his status for Sunday's game is is really up in the air so you don't know if they're going to have their lead back out there so if 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 the if let's say Josh Jacobs does go do you have confidence that this Colts defense is going to be able to stop him and 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 really kind of switch things up because as we've seen pretty much all season long the Colts run defense hasn't been very good I think that Man, I really think that Zamir White showed me that th this is a this is a team that's got some pretty good running backs in that committee. Now, it's still a huge discrepancy. This is one game we're talking about, okay? Mm. Huge discrepancy. If Zamir White starts and Josh Jacobs does not go, I do not foresee Zamir White having another 145-yard performance, okay? Even against a defense that has struggled against the run because you've got Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner there, and he is, an, he is a gap – He's a, he's like a, a middle gap runner. He's the kind of guy that's more of a power back. I think Josh Jacobs is far more elusive. I think he's far faster. I think that he can really just, he can hurt you in more ways. So that's kind of similar to if Pittman plays or not for the Colts with the Raiders, because if Jacobs plays, that is a really strong ground game potentially that you've got. I still think that the Colts are going to, I think that they're, they'll still do okay. But there's just more of a chance that they're not going to, I think, than if Josh Jacobs doesn't play. Because like you said, last last season he led the NFL in rushing, um, and 
he can on any given Sunday, any given game, he can get over 100 rushing yards. He can have two rushing touchdowns. Uh, he can just put on a performance. So if he plays, look for him to be the focal point uh, for the Colts defense because Aiden O'Connell, again, he's a rookie passer. He still has to lean on that ground game. Want to give a shout out to Richard Horton here for the ten dollars super oh. chat this evening, Richard. Thank you so much, buddy. Richard says, "Happy holidays to everyone at Horseshoe Huddle." You rock. Bradley needs to understand that blitz means a five man <laughs> rush. Well, Richard, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you and your family as well. Hope you were able to enjoy it. And and yeah, I, I hope we're. I think we're all hoping that, that that Gus Bradley brings a little bit more pressure on Aiden O'Connell to see how how the young quarterback handles that and. and and trust some of those young guys on the outside. You know, Jalen Jones has been out there uh, for much of the year. Uh, we've seen in in those physical type of situations that Juju Brents has been able to help to hold his own as well. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see the type of approach that Gus Bradley brings, and I think we're going to see that early uh, once the game starts on Sunday. So Richard, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. Really, really appreciate it. And again, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you as well. Good friend drake i think another big key in this in this matchup as far as being able to stop the run and and josh jacobs if he's healthy the colts have to fix the missed tackles issue you know just way too many missed tackles a week ago against the atlanta falcons 23 missed tackles it seems like it yeah. seems like Bijan robinson tyler algier whoever had the football the colts at least one or two colts was going to bounce off of him before he was able to be brought down that cannot happen this week the colts have to make sure that they really fix that issue wrap guys up and bring them down otherwise you got guys like josh Jacobs, Devonte Adams, Michael Mayer, guys that are big physical ball carriers that if you don't bring them down first contact, you just continue to bounce off of them. It's going to lead to a lot of yards after the catch, a lot of yards uh, uh, after contact in the running game. And the Raiders are going to be able to continue to move the football down the field. I think the one silver lining here is that I don't know if it can get any freaking worse than 23 missed tackles. That is disgusting. That's disgusting fundamentals, man. Like you, you have to, you have to remember that the number one thing as a defensive player before anything else is you got to tackle. All right. So look for the Colts to play motivated in this game. Look for especially those linebackers. Franklin was whiffing tackles. Speed whiffed a couple tackles. I know that the defensive front whiffed tackles, and especially the safeties and line or uh, and corners. The whole team was whiffing tackles. So um, I, I think that if you allow that to happen, like you said, a guy like Devontae Adams, he's not a burner. Okay, but he's huge. He's massive. If you allow him to go up there and out physical you and then you can't tackle him, he's going to have himself a day. He had one catch for four yards against the Chiefs. He will have himself a true bounce back performance if your fundamentals fall through because he's going to make you pay. And this is a physical offense. They're a very smash mouth type offense. Even their pass catchers are that way. Michael Mayer, Devontae Adams. In some ways, Hunter Renfro is kind of that lunch pail type of guy he'll probably lower his shoulders so you got to shore that up or you won't win this game because the Raiders are going to definitely need to run the ball to, to move their offense 
Shout out to my beautiful wife, Danielle, for her nightly super sticker. Uh, she also has suffered from the flu like I did this week. So she is uh, trying to get back on the horse here, doing a phenomenal job and, and all while carrying uh, my future my future son. So it's, it's doing an incredible job. Thank you so much for all of your support as always. And then Wyatt brings up a really good question, Drake. Uh, does Steichen tell Bradley to dial up the aggression or does he stay hands off letting Gus do it his way uh what do you think drake do you think that, that steichen gets involved on the defensive side of the football or or does he let gus can kind of continue to to run things on the defensive side of the ball i think steichen 100 trusts gus bradley i really do and and look i know bradley has been on the hot seat i know he's been conservative here and 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 whiffing there with his with his defensive play calls at times he hasn't been aggressive but look he a couple things number one he's facing a an interim coach and I understand Antonio Pierce. He's done a phenomenal job. Still an interim coach, though. He's also facing a rookie quarterback that is not a top-level rookie quarterback. He's also very experienced, and his job is on the freaking line. He saw last week what happens if you don't take your corners and at least put a little bit of pressure on that passing game. I think Gus Bradley is going to flip the script, and I think he's going to do it on his own. I don't think Steichen needs to tell him anything. So I don't think he's even in his ear. I think that he understands what's going on. I think Gus Bradley understands the situation. He's going to go out there and he's probably going to say, the hell with it. I'm going to be more aggressive and we'll see what happens because that's how I think and you think they're going to win this game. Yeah, so I, I don't think that, that Shane Steichen is ever completely hands-off on the defense. You know, he That's trusts fair. Gus Bradley to make make the game plan and 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 really kind of take over that part in a sense. But Shane Steichen is also in those meetings. He's also kind of talking with Gus Bradley each and every week, and he does get the final say. Normally he does defer to Bradley because Steichen is is more focused on the offensive side of the ball as an offensive-minded head coach. But I, I think I think I think the answer is do you do you think that that Steichen is all, all of a sudden going to overrule Bradley and say you know we need to blitz this amount of times so and we need to be aggressive I don't I don't think so because the, the quote that, that I put in my piece that Steichen talked about yesterday that really stood out was you know everyone talks about what are we going to change what are we going to do and 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 he said you know we're not going to really change anything because that means if we if we do start trying to change things and now means we haven't been doing it right the whole rest of the way and and it would just end up creating more problems so i still think that, that gus bradley is going to have the final i wouldn't say final say but but steichen's going to defer to bradley and let him kind of make that game plan and and if if we do see more aggression it's probably going to be on bradley's part and part of that that game's that specific game plan for the las vegas raiders so so it's a good question why and and appreciate you asking buddy so drake let's talk about Devonte adams real quick going up against these Colts defensive backs no Julian Blackman out there and this kind of correlates to my comment that I said about keeping things simple because you're not going to have your communicator out there in the secondary you know Julian Blackman was the guy the main communicator to make sure all of those young guys in the secondary were lined up in the right spot and and with him off the field last week against the Falcons you saw things were, were a little more weren't just weren't as smooth and and it led to some coverage breakdowns because Blackman wasn't able to get everybody set up out there because he wasn't simply he wasn't on the field so with having Nick Cross in there strong safety not as experienced as Julian Blackman. Again, 
I think this is where the Colts really need to keep things simple. Make sure these guys, these guys are young and they're athletic. So what makes it so they're able to use those athletic traits allowing them to play fast. Keep it simple, allow them to play fast and allow them to use their instincts to cover these guys because let's face it, Devontae Adams probably going to get more than one catch for four yards. He's probably going to have a decent game, but you still have to contain him. And I think the best way to do it with these young defensive backs, keep things simple and allow them to just go out there and use their athletic qualities to the best of their ability and allow them to play fast while the football is, is in the air. And I think that's how good things will come for this Colts secondary. What do you think? I'm right there with you because this this uh, this game, I think it might, for Devontae Adams, it might play out kind of like the first meeting the Colts had with the Tennessee Titans where it wasn't Will Levis, it was Ryan Tannehill. DeAndre Hopkins had like eight catches. He had like 145 receiving yards. And then there was nobody else really producing in the receiving game. I, I don't. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I do, like you said, I don't think he's going to have one catch for four yards. That arguably might be his worst game of his career. Um, I think he's going to go out there and at least get five or six. But the thing is, you gotta, you just have to be physical with him. You cannot, he's a great route runner. He is very good at getting the contested catches. Um, I think that without Blackman, one guy that actually scares me is Trey Tucker. I know that's a, a name that a lot of people don't talk about, but the guy has only, he only has tw- uh, 12 catches, but there it's, he's got 18 yards per catch. So like, this is a guy that is, is completely under the radar. And that's a guy that can beat you deep because the Raiders don't really have deep threats on their, mm-hmm. on their wide receiver core. Um, and Adams is not that guy. So I, I, I do think though, when you're talking about who do you need to stop, if Josh Jacobs plays, I think that he's probably the number one guy just because that's where their entire offense is going to focus. They're going to kind of run around him. But if he doesn't play, and even hell, even if it does, you still have to absolutely watch Devontae Adams because I think that the best matchup for I think the best matchup the Colts can put on him is probably both Jalen Jones and Juju Brents. They're both physical, they're both athletic. I know that Jones and Brents don't have the speed per se, but neither does Adams. He's not a burner. Okay. You can keep up with Devontae Adams if you get physical with him, especially if you get pressure on Aiden O'Connell. So um Boy, oh boy. I think that either way, he's going to have at least a pretty decent game. You just don't want him to have a monstrous performance because there was one point uh, in the, let's see, with Aiden O'Connell, I think there was one game. In fact, yeah, it was the Chargers game where they beat the brakes off of him. He had eight catches for 101 and a touchdown. So mm-hmm. that's not the kind of game you want him to have. You really want to try to rein him in and, and either you're going to let him catch all the targets and remove the rest of the pass catchers, kind of like they did with DeAndre Hopkins in the first t- Titans meeting, or you want to remove him, have somebody shadowing Adams and force him to go elsewhere and just try to make tackles and don't miss them. It's going to, it's, it's very easy for Devonte Adams to take over a game. So okay. Colts yeah. just want to make sure they know where he is on every single play and not allow him to have those game breaking catches that, that he often does. Yeah. And that we've, we've become so accustomed to seeing from Devonte Adams over the years. X factor time, Drake. I feel like there are a lot of X factors that you could pick in this game, just because there's so many different variables that that could change the outcome uh, of this game and, and who ends up winning on Sunday. So, who is your X factor for the Colts, and who do you think is going to des- uh, help decide whether they get the victory or not? You know, the, like you said, there were so many names that came up, especially offensively. Um, but you know, Michael, I, I was going to say Pittman, but hey. 
he was on track to play and then didn't. So we're just going to we're just going to go with someone we know 100% is going to play. I want to say Samson Ebicom and I, okay. I I think that he still leads the team in sacks. Um, and I, I think that he is, he really, really, really was absent last week. And I, I think that this is a golden opportunity for him to get to a rookie who is not that experienced, who you can sack, who's not quick. Um, and if they take away that short passing game, Samson Epicom could have himself a day and look, he's really trying to, to, to show the Colts why they gave him that contract. He's arguably one of the best free agent signings that Ballard's ever had. And I think that he wants to get 10 plus sacks. Well, right here's where you do it. Look for Samson Ebicom to play on fire because he did not have a good game against the Falcons. Love that pick. For me, uh, I normally don't want to pick units, and, and I'm not going to pick a specific unit today. If I could pick a unit, it would be the offensive line, obviously. But since it's, I, I, I'm not going to pick a unit, picking one person, Braden Smith. Braden Smith, I fully expect Braden Smith to be back on Sunday. I think he's going to play well. And him being in that game uh, just helps this offensive line so much in the running game because he, again, like I said, one of the best uh, uh, run blockers in the NFL at that right tackle position. And and then being able to to pass protect against Max Crosby. Uh, Max Crosby typically rushes from that left defensive end position right up on on Braden Smith. You're going to have your best offensive tackle out there going up against their best pass rusher. So I think Braden Smith is going to be crucial. Couldn't come back at a better time. I mean, he certainly could come back at a better time. Certainly couldn't have gone out in the first place. That yeah. would have been better. But he's coming back at a very crucial time for this team. And, and if the Colts are going to win these next two games, I think Braden Smith has to be out there uh, in order for the Colts to make the playoffs. So Colts, Raiders, Sunday, New Year's Eve. You're going to be there, Drake. You're taking my tickets because I have to be in a wedding, unfortunately. I mean, hey, the uh, not unfortunately because we, we love these <laughs> friends, but hey. Uh, I wish I wish wish the Colts weren't playing at home or during the same time so I could be there to, to take in what's going to be a really, really fun matchup. So Colts Raiders win and and the Colts uh, playoff odds drastically increase lose. And it's it's going to take a lot for the Colts to end up getting back into the playoffs. So who do you got on Sunday, Drake Colts you, Raiders? I think it's going to be a dog fight. I really do. I, I think that, like I said, the Raiders, even though they're kind of their their playoff, you know, chances are very small. I think they have a lot to play for. They have a lot of pride right now. And I still think that the Colts are going to pull this one off, but I think it's going to be. I had a couple scores here, and I had like if Pittman plays versus if he doesn't, but I'm going to remove that. We're going 17-13 Colts. I think this is just going to be run the ball, run the ball for the Raiders, run the ball for the Colts, run the ball for the Raiders. I do think that the Colts are probably going to throw the ball more effectively uh, just because it's Gardner Minshew, um, and especially if Pittman plays. But regardless of if he does or doesn't, I think that this is a really – Really, this is a team that got humiliated on national television. This is a team that was expected to do better in that last game, and they didn't just do worse. They did awful. And I think that Shane Steichen's got them ready. And I think that they've had a lot of time to look at Aiden O'Connell. You didn't have as much time to look at Taylor Heineke. You've got a lot more time to look at Aiden O'Connell and a lot of film to break down on what made him what made him wince in that Chiefs game. Look for a lot of that from Gus Bradley. I think he's going to try to replicate some of what they did uh, to get him to you know complete less than fifty percent of his passes. 
Yeah, let's take a look at the chat to see what uh what some score predictions we have. Bailey Styles early saying 45 <laughs> to Colt, Colts 45, Raiders 7. That's hey, a Ray. huge score. I'm not sure it's gonna be that big of a blowout, but uh, <laughs> it would certainly be uh be interesting if that, that happens. Cool. Darren Hines says Colts 23, Raiders 20 in overtime. Um, so so that would be an, another close game. Wyatt Law coming in, big game for Matt Gay. Colts win 19 to 13 with four field goals from Matt Gay. Uh, so scores really all over the place. But for me, I just can't imagine the Colts playing as poorly as they did a week ago against the Atlanta Falcons. And I know a lot of Colts fans have a lot of PTSD uh, uh, from from the the collapse in 2021 especially with the raiders being the second to last game uh as as matt comes in here 28 to 21 colts Ooh. brandon moses saying colts have scored big every game smith has come back we're going over 30 so but for me I, I think the Colts get this win. You know, I think Jane Steichen's going to have this group fired up. I don't think it was necessarily a, 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 uh, the team wasn't motivated last week. I think the team just didn't go out there and execute the way they wanted to and the way, the way they're, 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 they're expected to. I think that changes this week. So I'm going Colts 27, Raiders 23. I think that the Colts cover, uh, and, and I think we're going to see a, a better offensive outputting. I still think that uh, that the Raiders is going to score two touchdowns, but we're going to see that defense really tighten up uh, in the red zone and, and force some field goals out of the Raiders as well. So I'm going Colts 27, Raiders 23, and I think that's going to set up a, a crucial matchup next uh, the week after when the Houston Texans come to Indianapolis to take on uh, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. So either way, it looks like we're we're all in in pretty pretty much agreeing that it's going to be a dogfight in Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday two teams that desperately want to win this football game and it's going to really just come down to who executes better my money is on the indianapolis colts so drake let's take a look at the the injury report here because we've got a lot of names to get to uh and it's good good news for the colts so talked about braden smith he's practiced in full the past two days he looks like he is on his way back and and will be suiting up against uh the las vegas raiders that would be huge for the colts if, if for some reason he does have a setback that would be huge in the other direction for the colts it would be a huge loss and and it would allow uh you can probably expect max crosby to be in the backfield much more often other guys that were full so far this week uh, uh amir speed if the uh, knee injury has been full as well as jack anderson has been full all week but the biggest uh the outside of braden smith who just became a full participant today michael Pittman Jr. still dealing with that cut concussion and shoulders in and shoulder injury. So again, you after what happened last week, you don't want to you don't want to just assume Michael Pittman will play on Sunday. He got he has to get through the the protocol, and you probably want to see him out there warming up on Sunday before you're you're one hundred percent confident. But it does look like he's in the final stages of the protocol, and hopefully he finally kicks this concussion in the bud and is able to go out there and play on Sunday. And hey, if you can get both Smith and Michael Pittman Jr. back in the same game, man, I, I that that is perfect. But like you said, this this offense, I think you saw it last week. It is completely different without Michael Pittman Jr. So you definitely want to see uh, number eleven out there. And hey, 
at the end of the day, if he goes out there and 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 balls out and he has himself a great game, he'll overshoot 99 receptions, which is his uh, last season's total. And and I think that he's played himself potentially into, like you said, that really, really hefty contract. And I think it was one of our fans said in our episode yesterday, he showed his value more than ever without even setting foot on the field. So Keep track of Michael Pittman. Don't assume anything like we said last week. Um, but, man, he looks like he's on track to come back. And if he can, that's a much bigger advantage for the Indianapolis Colts than if he doesn't play. Exactly. A couple of guys were limited today. Zach Moss with that forearm injury, still trying to work his way back, as well as Saguna Luby with the hip injury. Both of those guys were limited participants in practice. And then DJ Montgomery, the wide receiver, he is still dealing with a groin injury, hasn't practiced all week. Neither has Cameron McGrone, the linebacker, the depth linebacker there. So, hey, if the Colts could get back Michael Pittman Jr. and Braden Smith for this game against the Raiders and then potentially Zach Moss, I think they'd be sitting real pretty going up against the Raiders on Sunday. So, Drake, let's finish off with the latest Colts news and rumors here. Uh, we got some really good news. Some some big news for a couple of Colts legends was announced last night as former Colts Reggie Wayne and Dwight Freeney were named finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2020. 24. Uh, I think this is Reggie Wayne's fifth consecutive year as, as being a finalist. Uh, so he's bound to get in one of these times. Dwight Freeney, this is his second consecutive year uh, uh, as, as, as being named a finalist. So, man, it would, like I, I said this last year on the show, it would be really, really cool to see those guys go in together. Reggie Wayne and Dwight Freeney to the biggest and most crucial guys uh, that had an impact on the the one of the winningest decades in NFL history with those 2000s Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, and you know, Reggie Wayne, I understand that he had Peyton Manning, right? But one year that really sticks out to me is 2012 when he had Andrew Luck and he had 106 catches for 1,355 receiving yards and five touchdowns. I mean, he was 34 years old when he did that, okay? Reggie Wayne is an absolute legend of this sport. He's one of the greatest receivers I've physically watched play football. And then Dwight Freeney, nobody talks about him enough. He revolutionized, helped revolutionize what a pass rusher looks like, and he was absolutely terrifying for offensive tackles to have to deal with. I remember uh, Matt Light, who used to be the left tackle for the Patriots back in the day when they were destroying everybody. He said, the one thing I, I would always be afraid of is that spin move. You know, I, I could never handle it. I never knew where it was coming from. And it always happens so fast. And so, um, boy, you just want to see both those guys get in, and they both absolutely 100% deserve to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, I would say Reggie Wayne is easily a top 15 wide receiver of all time. And and you're talking about Dwight Freeney, uh, one of the most feared pass rushers of his era. Both of those guys definitely deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Brandon brings up a funny comment. The Falcons have the audacity to post that they had Freeney as one of their Hall of Fame finalists. Well, the Falcons, unfortunately, don't have many uh, hall of fame caliber players uh to hang their hats on that they can uh, uh let them uh, have it let them have that it. they can they they can say have been a part of their franchise even though freeney was there for like i think maybe one year so but uh when he goes in there there'll be a horseshoe uh, uh as as who he designates as his team uh right. but hope, hopefully both of those guys get in there this year both are absolutely well deserved and then finally the colts signed linebacker austin 
uh, Ajike from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV, the Rebels. Uh, they signed the linebacker to their practice squad. Drake, so far this season, he spent time first with the Denver Broncos in training camp and then also on the Green Bay Packers. And you guessed it, Las Vegas Raiders practice squad. So Colts bringing him in, maybe asking him for some insight on, on what that team might be talking about over there out west, but uh, just some added depth at the linebacker position. Yeah, and I think it's Saguna Luby's like uh, uncertainty with his injury that makes this move happen. Um, but hey, you know what? If he can give any pointers, please, for the love of God, do it because the Colts can't lose this game. Yeah, not <laughs> Luby, but uh, Cameron McGrone, both those guys dealing That's with right. Uh, as McGrone's been ill all week, Aluby has been dealing with that hip injury. Always good to add depth there, uh, especially when you're down to possibly two guys at the linebacker position. So Colts Raiders on Sunday, Drake, it's a must win for the Indianapolis Colts. And, and honestly, I, I've got a better feeling about this game going in than I did about the Atlanta Falcons game. I think this team is really dialed in. Uh, and as long as they execute, I think the Colts come out with the victory. Yeah, and hey, if there's one silver lining here, it's that I don't, like Andrew said, I don't know if it can get worse than last week. So like you said, look for Shane Steichen to be motivated and have these guys fired up. And also a little bit of an underlier is Gus Bradley. Like I said, he is he is playing for his job right now. He's fighting for his job. Okay, no, a lot of people are putting him on the hot seat. Look for him to really throw out some wizardry defensively to confuse Aiden O'Connell and look for that defensive front to get back on track. The Colts couldn't give Colts fans a, a Christmas present uh, this past week, but we'll see if they bring them in the new year with a victory Monday. And that's our show for today, guys. Really appreciate everybody tuning in and 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 talking Colts football with us once again, getting you all set for this Raiders game. Want to shout out to our super chats, Truett, Richard Horton, and my beautiful wife Danielle. Thank you so much for all of your support and everyone else that joined us uh, here in the chat tonight. It was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, for you guys to all be able to talk Colts football with us. And again, if you haven't done so, please go follow us on all of our socials like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live every Monday and Thursday night, still trying to get to 2,000 subscribers before the end of the regular season. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a like on the video as well if you enjoyed the episode. And then if you can't catch us live or on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. I know we already talked about some things that uh, that we wrote about on HorseshoeHuddle.com since we just saw you guys last night. But hey, Drake and I still riding away on the site, making sure to provide you with all the Colts content we can. So Drake, what can the people check out on the site that you have written and that you will be writing? So I, I did cover the injury to Julian Blackman and then kind of broke down a little bit of the of Austin Ajike, uh, 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 that practice squad signing. But look out for my five keys. I, I've got some interesting takes, and I, I, I do think that, man, this, this game, the energy is going to be electric. So definitely look out for those five keys and let me know your thoughts and if you agree. Definitely check those out for me. Got a piece out on Reggie Wayne and Dwight Freeney and why they both deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, both two Colts legends in the Ring of Honor and their next enshrinement will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And also Shane Steichen had a very direct message to his team this week and uh, 
the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts is not messing around. So you'll want to make sure you check that out to hear what that message was and what he thinks about this Raiders team. Check that out as well as all the other fantastic writings from our colleagues at HorseshoeHuddle.com. Go follow Drake at DWalsterDrake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back Tuesday night, not Monday night, because guys, since I was sick, my brother had COVID. We had to postpone my family Christmas to New Year's Day. So I'll be a little bit busy. Drake and I will still have our post game pieces out on horseshoehuddle.com. So you won't, you, you can still see our post game wrap ups and our thoughts there. But for our show, it's going to be Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so I could spend uh, New Year's Day with my family as for our Christmas. But we'll see you back here on Tuesday night to discuss what happened in this Colts first Raiders game and heck maybe if the Colts win we'll extend it into a victory Tuesday but either way we'll be here to break it all down for you guys so everyone enjoy your weekend happy new year to all and we'll be seeing you Tuesday night